Hello, Mena fans. Welcome back to Mena Fandom. As Kirk says, it's the only <laughs> wrap-up show that we listen that we that we like on the show. Correct, Dave? Uh, it's oh. the only one. Right, yes. correct. correct. The only wrap-up show that we're yeah. aware of. It's the only one that exists. right? Correct. They do the Pretty best sure. job. Yeah. Well, for this episode, I'm joined by a returning guest, a special guest, my ex-co-host, Visionless Dave. Welcome, VD. How are you? Happy to be back. Yeah, you and I have such a complex relationship. We're either doing shows together or we're completely blocked on Twitter from each other and we hate each other. There's there's no in-between. You just got to ride the wave sometimes, you know, highs and lows, but we're on the wave right now. That's good. And you've got no lingering problems I, 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 with me or anything that I've done? Um, I wouldn't say I don't have problems with things you've done, but I wouldn't want it to be any other way. Um, so no animosity. That's good. I think sometimes when the, the, the people you really care about, you know, drive you the most insane. And I, I don't know if we're in that boat, but, there, there's, you know, we certainly can trigger each other pretty easily. A hundred percent, but I can't quit you. I, I try, but I just can't quit you. <laughs> oh, dear. You're not the only one. Oh, well, uh, you, you, you actually said you, you had some things to say. You wanted to come back on the show um, because there was a few topics you wanted to weigh in on. So obviously so much to talk about from Monday or Tuesday's show. But let's start, let's pick up. I mean, I know there's a few issues you wanted to just go straight into. So Jared being one of them. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very clear what's happening with Jared and no one really wants to say it explicitly, but he's clearly just asking for a big raise and Barstool is saying uh, the amount of money you bring in does not justify that raise. And when you look at the big major sports like football, pardon my take is by far the biggest podcast hockey spitting chiclets is by far the biggest podcast Um, golf. I don't listen to golf, but from what I know that golf podcast is pretty successful. Um, So baseball is kind of the one area where they're pretty weak and there's no reason that like with the marketing power of Barstool, they should have the biggest baseball podcast too. Jared always talks about how the ratings aren't that bad and there's still a lot of people that love baseball. Well, then he needs to capitalize on that audience more than just aggregating Twitter clips. You know, anybody can do that. That's not a monetary value for Barstool. I wonder if that Ortiz podcast was a flop because there there are so many shows now where it's, you know, someone like Jared with an athlete interviewing people. I, I want, my guess is that probably didn't even break through into the sort of numbers they were hoping. There's never been a podcast motivated by like a financial business partnership that has been good. Anytime two celebrities do a podcast like, or even like you can look at the Obama and Bruce one. Like anytime the motivation for a podcast is like a financial business decision, 100%, it's going to be terrible. It's just fake bullshit that, you know, a lot of people will listen to because of the marketing power behind it and the names involved with it. But it's never going to be, um, it's never going to have longevity. I mean, there's a lot of joy for us to dance on this fuckhead's grave. I mean, Jared was a complete tool bag to us, a complete dead shit, fucking loser. And I'd be more than happy if he ends up at some boring baseball company writing fucking boring blogs. And, and, you know, I think there was an insinuation from Dan Katz that, you know, maybe Jared will keep doing Section 10 and they'll pay him a little bit of money like a freelancer to keep doing that, much like they did with Steve Perrault last year. Um, 
so yeah, but it it takes it's a lot of joy for me saying this now because he said to us, "I'm never defeated. I'm never defeated." Well, sounds like you've come up against you know some people at Barcelona who've suddenly realised actually what you're worth. Look, if I if I can beat him in an argument from the phone at work at a dog kennel and he's in studio, then I'm glad someone else is handling his negotiations because he definitely wouldn't get a penny more. But, you know, one word of advice I would have for Jared is uh, if he, you know, he says he has mental health struggles. And I think, you know, if you're someone even like myself who is afflicted by those things, it's like you got to be careful about dreaming too big, you know, ambition I kind of like the blind Mike approach. I'll equate it to that. I think it's something blind Mike has understood fully. Like ambition can be a, a dangerous dream for someone who just struggles to get by every day. Sometimes you just got to settle and uh, accept where you're at and enjoy it. And I think Jared would benefit from that. Why would he need a raise? Like if you really want to raise, sign a two year deal, work your ass off. And in two years, get a big raise, you know, Dave will pay you if you earn the money, but um, he's just a little big for his britches. It's always been his problem. I've always said there's no substance to his stuff. I'm not a baseball fan, so I'm not a good judge of that. But I can see even on Twitter, he's just an aggregator of clips. He just has like hacky one-line tweets. But he does have a, a lot of good relationships within baseball. Um, he just needs to learn how to leverage those better and make it into a more entertaining show. Um, that's pretty much my take on it. Well, good. So goodbye, Jared. Seems to be the... Yeah. What's going to happen? Um, any other topics from the last couple of weeks you want to um, bring up before we dive into today's show? Um, I think you have to fire Red. I, I love all your shows except the ones with Red, and that's not even a personal bias. It's just whatever act Red is doing right now, it's not the real Red. I miss well, the old Red. The old Red was way more authentic. This new Red, this new like Cullinane, uh, Dick Ryder Red is just ugh, not for me. I've never worked with someone more professional than Red. I can say that unequivocally. He is a dream to work with, professional, prepared. Um, that's why no, those episodes no demands. Interestingly, they're the most highly rated, most highly listened to. You have to work with someone that challenges you. Otherwise, it's just like watching Fox News or watching CNN. It's like you guys pretty much agree on everything except, oh, Cullinane. You know, sometimes you criticize Cullinane. He never will. It just, I expect more from you. I expect more layers. I think uh, Red used to be better on air. I think he can get back there. But what he's putting out there right now isn't good enough. I think this is some leftover resentment from the no, the broken no down rundown. I'm no, not saying you have, have beef, beef but I just think there's a, I don't know, there's a, a resentment that, you know, you can't still be doing shows. And, uh, you know, Red's a great co-host. He makes interesting thoughts i think him and i have a good back and forth but you know i mix mm. it up you're on today i had tim on i've had daver on your good man i know you talk, spent a lot of time talking nfl with daver or soccer or whatever or both maybe i don't know mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah so i i think the show's yeah, going okay. really well what is your aversion to having tony cass on i think tony cass would be an elite guest to mix in i think he's a, a fucking month. dickhead he's a fucking dickhead i don't like him whenever i've seen him on any shows i think he's just not funny he sort of he, i mean he's, i'm sure he's a nice guy like he's like more minna fans i'm sure if i ran into him at soccer next year would have a laugh but there's no it way i want be, to talk to him on this show 
it would be your highest rated show of the month if you did it. I guarantee you. Because people no like way. you when you're mad. People like you when you're mad. And Tony Cass is a good heel. He's not a moron. He uh, he's he's a lib. He's a weird little lib. But um, I've seen what he's done to Jerry Callahan and the replies to his tweets. And Cass basically owns Jerry. So I think it would be great content to have him on and fight. Other than you know, it's a lot better than listening to you and Red just jerk each other off. Well, I don't think we do that. Red and I challenge each other. I've gone past no. just screaming needlessly. Um, you challenge how quick you can jerk each other off. Like, you know, how, how good of a hand job you can give. There's no, there's no. Um, look, I'm, our cameras are on. It. We can move past it. It's a personal thing maybe, but. But he's just... far better to work with than you. Like when we were doing Gathering the Oh, Jokes, I don't argue that. Issues. <laughs> I've never had an issue with Red. Never had an issue. He's a great guy. Um, you know, he loves the show. He can take a joke. Um, you know, sounds like you're uh, yeah, mailing I, I it think, in. No, not at all. Not at all. The path, um, the path of least resistance is, you know, it's sometimes it's not the way you want to go. Well, red is loved in the Minifan community. Um, all right, I, let's get going. I said, I love him. You know, I'll Good. say it. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> All right, let's get into today's show and this week because, I mean, we're going to spend about 40 minutes talking about Adithid and me. but before we get there, um, started off with the weekly Mocking Jerry Callahan segment. I like how they got that out of the way, um, you know, first segment of the week, so hopefully that's it for this week. Uh, this was the fentanyl tweet about Bob Saget. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, it's funny. Yeah, go on. I, I normally... I'm not a fan of the Jerry Callahan talk on the Kirk Minahan show just because I think it's too frequent and sometimes it's a crutch and like I get it's it's fun to make fun of him every now and then but sometimes it just feels like a crutch. Um, but this tweet had to be addressed when I saw that tweet, my jaw dropped. I <laughs> I I was so shocked. I I think I did, I tweeted he needs like old people need to get their uh, microphones take like I can't he's so out of touch with that tweet it truly shocked me uh, I put things in perspective about what he's got going on but my jaw hit the floor it was an incredible tweet I wonder if he was a few beers in or something to an afternoon because it just came from nowhere there hasn't even been <laughs> a suggestion that Sackett was on fentanyl was not just, even yeah. TMZ like I even looked on TMZ because I was like he must be getting this from somewhere and I searched it and like nothing else would come up like he was the original like he started that rumor basically and I it would have been funny if it caught on more but um, people are too obsessed with the vaccine. So drug uh, drug overdoses out, vaccine deaths are in. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was, a, you're right. It was a, it was a fastball down the middle. Kurt couldn't let that one go. I hope we don't, you know, I hope that is the Jerry segment a week because that's actually about the best, I think, amount of Jerry talk. Five minutes or so making fun of something crazy says, move on. We don't need much more than that a week. I think where it gets dangerous is when we keep going into the past and, you know, they're all on air so much. Sometimes they don't realize that they've told the story maybe like two or three times. So it's like if we can just eliminate past stories and just keep it like, oh, every now and then Jerry does something retarded. Like that's what I would prefer. Mm. And then From we a get to a point of view. Yeah. And then we get to a bit that really triggered me when Kirk was saying that Kirking Off is the only wrap-up show and Cullinane backed him up, oh, yeah, it's the only one I – it's the only good one or whatever. Um, obviously, that's a shot at me. 
And I, I don't take it personally. Kirk's just kidding around. I mean, I know he's a big fan of the show. I can see all the downloads out of Winchester. It's yeah, it's undeniable he loves the show. So, um, you know, if he I wants to say even, that and make it a bit of fun. I didn't even associate that with you, to be honest. Why? Well, because this isn't really a wrap-up show because it's not on the network. So it's kind of like a black market, like you have to listen <laughs> with Bitcoin kind of. You think that was about you? Absolutely, absolutely was um, a shot at me. And Kirking Off is not really on the network because I'm on the network as much as they are. I just sort of don't submit them to the network yeah, all the time. Yeah, but because they, I, could I have, be on, they could be on the network if they wanted and you couldn't. But so I could be as well. I could be as well. I've, just got, I, I've put conditions. I, I want could. direct access. If, if I submitted this now, this recording to Dave, the video, and I'm not going to, he, he would – Put it up on the network. He's a he's a really terrific guy. I've always said, um, you know, he's got some problems as a producer, but Dave's intentions are always good. And um, yeah, so I think it was a shot at me. I guess more so. You know, some people have said this is not so much a wrap up show, but an influencers show or a, a sort of um, you know supplement to the main show. Um, you know, it's probably gone beyond what Kirking Off are able to do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't consider this a wrap-up show, maybe just because you have read on so much. I considered it more like gay porn, like um, hand job, <laughs> dual hand job. So Such I guess if you, when you read, when you explain it like that, I guess this is kind of a wrap-up show, but it it is totally illegitimate in its nature because it's not on the network and it's not endorsed by Kirk. So, but I enjoy it and I think it's smart that you keep doing it and um Kirk likes to watch you squirm, and so does everybody else. So I, I love any time he does something like this. Well, I'm not doing it for attention from anybody, and Kirk can keep saying oh, Kirk can the only wrap-up show. So you hate whatever. attention. You hate attention. You just want to like I'm be gonna, in I'm the shadows. I'm not going to say I hate attention, but um, like. The, the one thing I wanted was control. Like I wanted to control like my my own show. That's what annoys me about Cullinan. Like I would do this if I, I could have control on the network. Like you and I, I would... we, we, you and I arranged this between us, you know, put, you know, we had to move things around a bit because of things come up. So if this had been with an intern, say, it wouldn't have happened. If this was with an intern KMS, might not have happened. So you just like the freedom of being able to record when you want? Absolutely. Exactly. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't know Australians valued freedom, really. So that's me. But, um, yeah, I can see how that would be convenient. <laughs> I'm not even going to engage in this. All anyone's talking about in Australia is COVID and Novak. I said Kovac. Um, no, Novak Djokovic. It's literally driving me nuts. Um, yeah, I'm a, and I I'm probably actually got, too. I probably got COVID because I was in the same room with someone on Monday for six hours. So I'm going to do a rapid test and we'll finish this. Um, I, I don't know, but can you do them rectally, anally? Like, can you put them? Will you get, like, will you get the results that way? I think so. Can you book motel rooms in Australia by six in six hour blocks? Is that why you were in a room with someone for six hours? <laughs> I was in a studio with someone. <laughs> um. Six hours, God, at my age, I wouldn't be able to go that long. Um, well, you, what, just what you, paid to cuddle, you just pay to cuddle and talk to them, you know. The, the I, I actually pay them to tell me how good Mina fandom is and that it's the official wrap up show. Yeah, you them, say it again, <laughs> Kirk loves it. Say it. <laughs> you pay them to listen to your podcast. 
Say it again. I uh, will be in studio with Kirk. Yeah. Say it. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, God. Um, but what did you think, though, about uh, – look, I, as you know, I'm not, you know, too up on um, NFL, but what did you think of the comparison Antonio Brown and Kirk Minahan? And, you know, did it seem like they were just making fun of Kirk's mental health and laughing about it, um, which is not what I want to see being such a strong advocate? I love Kirk enough. I listen to it. Sometimes I like episodes more than others. Sometimes I have to check if I'm listening in half speed. Sometimes I'm like, is <laughs> is my did I somehow switch my podcast playback speed to half speed? But I, I love those guys. Um, I mean, yeah, Gustus is an idiot. I could have told you that nine months Great ago. Guy. Great guy. Great guy. Total idiot. He's a better so guest. He's, not, than he's, Red, he's nothing. He's no, no, he's not. So he's nothing like. Um, I found it difficult talking to Andrew that episode. Not in a, a bad way, but it was late. I think he was tired. We're probably both a bit high. Um, I can see why he like he can waffle on a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. Is it, is it a fair comparison though? Like, is there anything? Look, like, is there anything are- there? If you are the third mic on Kirk and Off and it got to a point where they had to ban you for a little while, you're the type of guy that is going to give that take of the Antonio Brown comparison. So nobody should be surprised. Like this guy is battling for a third mic position on Kirk and Off. So what do you expect? Yeah. It's just weird that you think that, you know, a show that does a wrap up of the main show would be a little bit more respectful to Kirk's suffering. Oh, they had no, they had no malice. Let's not pretend like they were trying to be. They're just stupid. I think they were looking for a little bit of a. They were looking they to wind a show up the where big they man. just. They have a show where they just jerk Kirk off the whole time. They, they don't do things to like, get, you know. They're a very honest, pure show. They're not doing things to get ratings like maybe other uh, wrap up show hosts might do. Um, they're not trying Rude. to get their name mentioned. <laughs> Why? You're projecting. You're uh, if you're assuming I was talking about you, but guilty. Uh, but they're just innocent, honest guys that like talking about the show. So there's no malice. They're just dumb. Do you think that um, it's true that Dave Cullinane's messing around with the calls because Dave from Hull said it on this show, and then Blind Blind Mike's daddy listened to the show and then regurgitated the take on his wrap up show. Do you think Cullinane is messing with the calls? Don't disrespect Blind Mike's daddy like that. He is in the um, private thread, the Collar Mafia. You know, I know Ziggy's in there. I know, Tim is there. And and what they're probably talking about calling Scott Spears today. There's there's nothing great going on in that chat. Or what are they going to, what item are they going to list on Tradio in Iowa today? (laughs) Any take coming out of BMD is coming from the leader of that chat, who is Tim and Canton, who I do trust his opinion on the calls. And I know publicly he might have said, oh, no, there's nothing. But if that narrative is getting out, it's coming through that chat and it's coming from the top. So if Tim and Canton believes it, I believe it. And, of course, Cullinane, he doesn't have as much control over the show as he wants. So any micro way he can do anything, like manipulating calls or something, uh, he'll do that. And he has no integrity. Steve had integrity. Steve, you can say whatever you want. He never – he answered the next lineup. He respected that. Um Cullinane definitely is a little shifty on the keyboard, I think. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Not at all. I I definitely, like I reckon if you see certain numbers, he just 
pops them straight through to Kirk. And the calls have been so sporadic since they came back. I don't know. Are they, are they just going to take calls once a week now? Or It's very, um, yeah, it's very weird. It's, it's hard on the caller. You know, pray for the, the private threat of callers because it's really difficult for them to insert their bits on the show right now. Mm. Have I you been listening to... Have you been listening to Tim and Canton's compilation shows of all the calls from last year? I have not. Just, you know, I maybe would if it wasn't football season right now, but I'm like maxed out. You know, I got a lot going on. So probably something I'll revisit one day. Have you done your picks for the day? Uh, no, no, no. That's a whole spiritual process that, mm. that can't be rushed. Right. I mean, I'm a massive sport fan. What I do, though, is usually watch a lot of sport and listen to podcasts at the same time, and that's that's also a way of not allowing the commentator's bias to affect my opinions. Um, just a pro tip if you want to catch up on podcasts. But Tim and Canton's phone-in shows have been excellent. I respect so, the hard work it takes mm, to put those together. I respect that. Yeah. And it wouldn't hurt Dave to mention on the main show every time one comes out, hey, new ones come out, you should go and listen. But I guess that would be something Steve probably would have done because he was quite diligent. He did have attention to detail. So that is something I need to address with you is that you are a total phony because I've heard you several times over the last couple of weeks mention how in various ways Steve was a better producer than Cullinan. You said he's better technically um mm. better better work ethic he did better with the network so for a guy like you to start complimenting steve i'm a little bit worried yeah so w- what i think is when steve was invested in the show for a couple of months a few months he was he was more diligent and he did more than dave does right now that, that's what i think right there the, yeah steve definitely pulled a lot more sound and you know can i just say something can i just say the the next note i've got here just interrupt is 35 minutes into today's show they ran out of topics kirk said 35 minutes in what else do you want to talk about and dave said i'm out got nothing and something they won't mention the steve haters is that in the steve era they would say oh the worst part about the podcast is when they get to steve and they say and kirk says oh steve what else and you know that's how you know it's dead. Like they're hitting that point in 35 minutes right now. And Dave goes, Oh, nothing. And he's like, I'm 35 minutes in. Do your fucking job, you know? I think he's um he's gotten a little bit comfortable. There might be a wake-up call coming for him soon because, like I said, I think Steve, there used to be sound of so much stuff. And you know, whether it was political and people don't care about that or just bad radio, like that's a big job to pull all that sound. And I feel like Cullinane just kind of putting too much on Kirk, just kind of skating by on his talent, not putting in producer work to make his life easier. And it's, it's, you can see, if you look deep into the show, you can kind of see it. Well, I'd agree with that in the sense that I said it many times, I think Cullinan's a bit lazy. So he goes to Jerry Callahan or an EEI story or, or something right in front of him. That's easy to grab. He never sort of investigates a bit further afield mm-hmm. or, or digs a little deeper. So and um, I, I really, seems a bit I really, lazy. I love Dave, but he's not good enough on air to just skate by on being like a dope on air. He needs to, you know, Steve was that too, where he would say ridiculous things on air, but you also need to have, you know, the behind the scenes, pulling sound, working hard. And I would just say, you know, if he was a little more active in the Gary V inspirational quote chat, maybe he would have a, a bigger worth of ethic. But I think he's 
he's kind of silent in that chat and therefore not inspired. I think what's saving Dave right now is how good Kirk and Blind Mike are at the moment and to a lesser extent, Chris, but Kirk and Blind Mike don't really need Cullinane's input at the moment. So when they run out of stuff for 35 minutes, they can wing it. Um, so he, they're kind of carrying the show. But, but look, I think the difference is I think D- Dave is very nice. He's not sinister. He doesn't have any um, – he doesn't have any inkling to start doxing Minna fans for no reason. Um, whereas I think, you know, Steve, as I said, I just didn't like him. I like Dave, so I'm willing to put up with this stuff. The main show is still very good. It is still an excellent show. Um, but that's all on Kirk and Mike and Chris and Manners. Do you think maybe Dave is uh, has a better relationship with the fans because they don't try to, like, attack him constantly and – trip him up on every single word he says and say everything he says is a lie? No, I don't think so. I think Kirk, no. Steve brought that on himself. But I actually oh, really? Think, I think Cullinane has, yeah, absolutely. If, if Steve wasn't a sly fucker, then we wouldn't have um, tried to expose every lie that came out of his mouth. <laughs> Whereas I think Dave has actually put off a few Minna fans because they expected a little bit more from him and, as I said, you know, I think if a few people were really burnt by the Soko videos and, you know, he hasn't even tried to sort of repair that. So, um, yeah. It's like Benghazi. It's, it's like Benghazi. Exactly. Like you talk you exactly. talk about that like people talk about Benghazi. <laughs> More important, I'm telling you. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the topic of the day. It is at a theatre near me, Chris bringing on Warthog as his sidekick. It was one of the most unbelievably bad episodes of any podcast I've ever heard. And when was it? Last night, um, you know, yesterday night, it dropped my time. And I was really hoping it was going to be Ethan as his special guest from the New Hampshire cast. So I kind of went in hoping it was that. So I was only going to be disappointed. And I admit that there's a bias there. So when I heard Warthog, I mean, the disappointment from going to expecting, you know, podcast Jesus in Ethan and then getting Warthog was very, very upsetting. And it turned out to be a shocking episode. Have you listened? I haven't listened to a single um, second of that podcast. I'm not a movie guy. I like Chris, but I'm just not a movie guy at all. So I will never, it's just not, it's not a, podcast that would ever interest me but i don't mind the narrative of it being discussed on the show now it might <laughs> it might get old but i think it'll move it'll progressively move past it in due time because it is going to just fail and it's going to be like one of those things like like gathering of the goats like oh yeah that show you did for like a month you know it's going to be like that um but i wrote a similar i think we i think we had more buzz i think we had more buzz we had more buzz we had more more buzz without main show promotion, I might add. Um, exactly. But I, so I didn't know anything about who he had a guest or anything. So my introduction to it was from the main show. And I, I similarly was like, Oh, it's Ethan. Is it going to be Ethan? It's going to be great. I love New Hampshire cast. It was a great, interesting listen. Uh, but no, instead, like it's a bad sign for Chris's podcast when the one note from everybody is you need to find random strangers to talk on it, to make it better. Like that's a, 
if that's your biggest note from everybody is you need contributions from random strangers, then you're in trouble. You know, you need a more solid foundation from that. Uh, people who are great interviewers make an interview great, not because necessarily of who they interview, but because of how they do it. So he needs to master that craft. Um, no Thank guests you. can no guests can save that show. Um, he needs to do some soul searching. And it's tough starting a podcast when the spotlight is on you. You know, you don't have like a year to kind of suck. Like I remember even part of my take, the first couple episodes, they had a soundboard and they were just like doing hacky radio things. They were obsessed with hitting the soundboard. <laughs> and then finally they were like, okay, yeah, we saw on Twitter, like it's terrible to listen to. Like it's really fun to push the button, but it's terrible to listen to. So um it would probably be more beneficial if his podcast could grow not in the limelight. Um, it's a double-edged sword getting that promotion, but then also not having time to like kind of figure it all out. So it's a tough ask, but it's just not a podcast for me. Look, I think you're doing the right thing now. Just listen to the clips they put on the main show. I think that's all its value is now is making fun of it. I was worried about the concept before. Um, I, I think now it's it's a bomb. It's a, just an absolute disaster. Um, it's, a, it's a train wreck. And that show with Warthog was so bad. It was, it was just, it was virtually unlistenable. Like I, I don't think I've ever been involved with a podcast episode that's been that bad before. Um, well, so, I, it, it really makes you question his instincts because I didn't know much about Warthog other than what they say on the main show or what Mike has said. And like my perception of him was like, he's very quiet and so uninteresting that he's interesting like he's so outwardly uninteresting that like that's kind of his it's not a shtick but that's just kind of how he is he's like your best friend who's like super quiet like he said like five sentences in the whole podcast with chris (laughs) and so basically didn't need him there and he hadn't seen any movies i mean he was just there to react but so i mean so clearly and clearly chris didn't vet him as a guest because he didn't ask not at all because so honestly, I was thinking I was bad, and like I was sort of actually putting myself in uh, warthog shoes. You know, what would have I have done if I'm warthog? And there was tons of stuff. If he'd had someone with some charisma on the other end who could have, you know, made a bit of fun of Chris or challenged him on a few things, not the movies, but anyway, it was just a terrible, uh, terrible instinct. And um, like it's like Kirk said, you can't blame the warthog because. That's what he he never claimed to be anything different. He's never displayed like, oh, I would be very interesting on a movie podcast. Chris kind of kind of pulled that out of his ass. And it's like Steve Spagnolo left Charvarius Ward in single coverage against Jamar Chase two weeks ago against the Bengals, and he got mm. cooked. It's not his fault. You know, they set no. him up to fail. They set him exactly. up to fail. Yeah. You're only as good as your teammates. Um but, yeah, it's a death blow to the podcast. It's a desperate move. And what seemed to annoy Kirk a little bit was the fact that it's Chris doubling down that basically everybody listening is a Minna fans because why on earth would you bring Warthog on if it wasn't for the Minna fans? Even if they've had uh, chats before about movies, wouldn't you at least introduce him as someone he's – another movie fan who I really connect with. I don't know. Just the whole thing was very odd. Um, I So you know, I've got an exclusive here. I actually wanted to support at a theater near me and I wanted to buy one ad read, which they're 50 US, which is about you know, $4,000 Australian dollars. Um, 
and I wanted to um, buy an ad read for Minna Fandom. I thought that would be quite funny. You know, it would have been serious. It wouldn't have been, um, you know, it would have obviously had some humour in it. And and Chris said to me, no, he didn't want to take that ad, which I was very surprised with because I would be thinking, well, 50 bucks. I mean, he's got to come. You're not listening, but he's got to keep under his $10,000 budget for the year. It's part of his rule. So I thought, well, you know, if I can sponsor one show that, you know, might help him get to the finish line. He said, no. He said he wants to get me on at a theatre near me to talk about an Australian movies, an Australian movie, but who knows when that's going to happen. I'm, I'm sure by the time he gets to an Australian movie, he, he probably canned the show but by then. You're, you're a James Bond expert. Why wouldn't he have you on for a James Bond film? Not sure. Has he, I don't think he's done No Time to Die as a review yet, so maybe you'll get me on for that one. I mean, I am a James Bond expert. I mean, that's what I'm. That's what I should I be booking? I wa- actually, wa- I watched. I know more than him. Wa- yes, I watched from Russia with Love last night. Have you ever seen that? With Sean uh, I've seen them. I'm not a huge movie guy. I've seen them, but I can't like you know my brain is mush with movies. I don't well, remember. From I've Russia with Love is the second second one, the second ever Bond film from '63 or '64, and it's amazing. It's it's put up as one of the classic. Bond films, you know, it's just perfect. So I would recommend from Russia with love. Um, so, th- so that was so. Kirk would, seemed genuinely annoyed. You go on. So, if you had a friend right now that was like a friend that's into movies, um, you know, kind of like a movie guy, would you recommend at a theater near me to him right now? Would you text him and say, "Hey, I've got a great new movie podcast"? Absolutely like. not. It would be terrible for my brand. It would be terrible for my yeah. reputation. It is. There's, and if you're a movie fan, why? As I said to Chris through this podcast, not directly, I think you should double down and just do new movies while he can. Like then, when he runs out, just go and find anything anime, um, you know, porn theaters, whatever. But you know, I want to hear his new reviews of movies I might go and see. So, yeah, it's no way would I recommend it to anybody. Like, full yeah. stop, not okay. even Minna fans. Like, I'm not even going to tell you, you to go and listen to it. Do you think you just told me not to, basically? Do you think um, going the Minifan route is best for him, or do you think it's best for him to do the blind mic thing and kind of eliminate all – Kirk and Minifan content and just kind of do your own thing on the side so that you can't be seen as like a leech of the show. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. By judging by the fact that he invited me on, I don't think he is going that way. Um, I, I think he, he he can go all in and just say to Kirk, like, you can, I don't care if you make fun of this or what, you can make fun of this whenever you want. I'm going to get Minifans on. I think it's his only chance now of getting through to the end is getting QW heads and Minifans on or NH cast stands. Um, but, yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I think what Mike's doing is a little bit different. Uh, you know, I think Mike's kind of tried to, you know, make his own way, whereas... But he, Mike I mean, has been very intentional where he doesn't talk about any KMS stuff on there like he'll mention oh I, like, like i talked about on kirk's show but he isn't like talking about minifan drama or like like oh here's the inside look on how this really was in the studio you know he, he could probably make more money if he did that but it would just set kirk off at some point and so he's kind of like made a, a very um defined move by saying like i'm not gonna do that stuff i don't care if i get less money from it but it's just like and i think that's the right play i don't think um, if Chris can either sell his soul to Kirk or he can bet on himself. 
Yeah, but I think he can still get Minna fans on, and 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 not. It's not. We're not going to be talking about KMS. Of course, I think that like so. Like I, Kirk, I think that what Kirk was yeah. saying on the show was like he could get like a hundred Minna fans on. Like I, the occasional Minna fan on is just like at some point it's just a friend you met through something. Like if you have a friend you met through being a fan of the Patriots, you don't owe like. Um, you don't owe like Bill Belichick something, you know. So it's that's right, it's, and, and that's what know, Christian he shouldn't have go me on. full in. He sh- he should have you on for a Bond movie. I said it first, or any movie, Australian movie. I mean, I could do any show. So yeah, but you're Chris, a Bond extraordinary expert. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But I could, I could I could do just about Why anything. He I mean, play to your strengths. Bad. Instinct. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a former professional actor. That's my background. Um, true. True. Yeah. There is footage of me on a worm tablet ad out there. Um, so oh many fans have fun, have fun finding that one. Um, look, that that's, yeah. So a, a terrible move by Chris. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I think Kirk's right. Like, are we talking like February 1st, February 10th? This will all be over. Then, um, then he calls Dan and Rico. And this is where I figure you've got some stuff. Cause I know you're a writer. The, the accusation is, Rico stood up and threw something at some guy I've never heard of because he was annoying and then went over and threatened to punch him and then he was told to go home. Now, I'm, I've worked in many workplaces and it's pretty clear you cannot throw hard objects at other people's heads and expect to stay employed. It's the one place where, like, I've ever seen Dave really draw the line. Um, I will say the punishment handed out to rico is probably based on his mental state which is unfair he should get a fair trial because brandon walker literally shoved a guy physically assaulted an employee in the office and he didn't get a one-month ban or anything he just got a warning slap on the wrist so um and he had been working at the company less than a year at that point rico has been with dave for three presidencies four presidencies now so he should get uh, the benefit of the doubt, I do think there is just a worry that he might actually show up with a gun and just kill people he doesn't like. He's that level of crazy. So that's that's probably the reason for the uh, more stern punishment. But that is where you got to draw the line, physical violence. Who would you like to see? And sorry, while we're talking, Dave Portnoy dropped an episode. Dave, the Dave Portnoy show, show, Dave Portnoy on his decision to suspend Rico Bosco from Barstool. So, look, there is a chance now Kirk will have to find a third um, seat for his quiz show. Um, I would actually like to, it has to be a Barstool employee because I'd like to see Chris go on there, but um, he has to be a Barstool employee. So that throws a spanner in the works. There's only one thing to do. You know what it is. Who is it? Bring back Steve. One oh, game. I knew you were going to say that. Out of retirement. The ratings would be huge. Just one game, one last hurrah. Like Ben Roethlisberger, just one final swan song. Because we never draft really him got in to for a game. Yeah, yeah. It would be huge. for If, if Jeff D. Lowe had half a brain, he'd do that because the ratings would be through the roof. I like that idea, um, especially if he would come back in and just put in an all-time dog shit he, performance, he, and they would lose. Want, exactly, if, and he won't care. He'll just let it fly. He won't, you know. Before when he was on trivia, it was such a nervous thing. It created so much anxiety for him. That, but, but now you know he's fucking tripping on peyote in a desert. He won't care. You know he's free. <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting when uh, Dan Katz was saying that. Um, 
and that Kirk didn't text him congratulations for whatever his greatest bet or whatever. I don't know. It wasn't and follow that shit. But then game of the year. And in the same breath, or a minute later, says he texted Dan texted Steve to congratulate him for the case, but didn't text Kirk. So I mean, what's going on there? You're going to ask me that? I mean, Steve leaves a lasting – you don't meet Steve and forget about him. That's all I'll say. Yeah, tell me about it. Fucking Steve. How often – how why. many times a week do you just wonder, like, oh, I wonder what Steve's up to? Or just type in Big Steve on Twitter and just go check out his tweets or – Never. How often? Honestly, actually, really oh, never. Not like, never. Re- You're fucking lying. No, You're fucking lying. Uh, okay. I've probably done it once in the last three weeks. So something happened in the last three weeks where – he came up, whether it was on Twitter or, and I looked at something and I can't, but yeah, I'm, I'm you follow one him of those, on Twitter? No, no, he's out of my life. Um, he's out of my life. Jared's out of my life. And, and I'm one of those people that I just, you know, I get up from the mud, I brush myself off and I move on, you know, Steve's out of my life. All I wanted was him to go. And eventually my campaign of making his life miserable paid off and he left. So I'd like to yeah. thank Ziggy all the other Steve haters that came Ugh. on board, um, Red. I mean, so many, you know, fine Minna fans went to war against Steve and now he's driving around okay, in a car with a dog. I'll ask you a question, and this isn't a question meant to criticize the current state of the show, but when was the peak of the show? When was the peak? I don't of need the a show? month. I don't need a year. I just need you to acknowledge that it was the Steve era, early days, Steve. Oh, absolutely, twenty twenty. Yeah, mid twenty twenty. Absolutely, was the peak. That Soco show where um, everybody went to. There was basically a festival. People sent me photos of a little tiny chair with menas written on it. I mean, it that was the peak. Didn't Steve play fan videos like all the ones that the fans sent in too? Absolutely. That's why I've said Steve is not a – I always said Steve was an asshole. Um, but, yeah, I, look, he's, he was very diligent. and Apologized um, right now. I'm not, not going to apologize. You don't need a full That's... apologize, a full apology, but just admit like, you know, maybe maybe I was a little too hard on Steve and maybe he's a, he, was, uh, he cared more about the Minna fans than I thought. No, I'm not going to say that because he brought it on himself by being an asshole. If he'd been, if he'd mm. been just fifteen percent nicer to everybody, none of this would have ever happened. He wasn't a smarmy prick, um, but you can't have it all. I'd same, rather have. He could say the same rather, thing to you. I would rather have bumbling Dave, who you know can barely fucking get the podcast out a day, um, get the podcast out every day, than than um, dickhead Steve. So that's just where I'm at. I think he could say the same thing about you. I mean, I was nothing but respectful to Steve, and he was a great guy to me, great friend. I, I did have to set him free when he left because, like, I, you know, like, I don't want to be talking to him. Like, you know, I know him through the show or whatever. It's just like he wanted to get out of it, so I kind of set him free, um, and we've had distance. We haven't had correspondence in a long time, so that was painful, but it was healthy. Hmm. Good. I mean – has your relationship with Dave Cullinane at the moment? Do you miss? Oh, him I don't much? really talk. No, I don't talk to Cullinane much. I used to back um, way back in the day when Good he did guy. the hits. Every now and then, I'll give him a pointer, kind of just send him life advice. Uh, like I said, he's in our Gary V 
chat, which is just people sending Gary V quotes, and he doesn't participate enough. So <laughs> I think he used to a lot, but I think this is directly correlated to maybe um, some of his shortcomings recently. Wow. Okay. Um, what about, uh, were you surprised when Dan Katz, one of the biggest podcasters in America, brought up the Chris V. Justin spat? No, because he's a professional. But I love the big cat calls, but they always go on five to ten minutes too long. That's what I'll say. This one wasn't as bad as as usual. I don't mean it just usually I think they just go on five or ten minutes too long, where it's like the longest period of saying goodbye. But he knows like show you know, he's a supporter of the show. He he listens to clips and listens to the show and you know, it's just um it's his advice he always gives on why he's successful is because he's always engaging with his fans and always engaging with him people and staying part of the conversation. And that's why he's so successful because he's able to yeah. do that. And he, he's just mm. genuinely a good guy. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe it that he was so knowledgeable about all that stuff. And, you know, he had an opinion on, you know, Chris saying he was 42 and, and Justin was 25. I mean, it did make me laugh. Um, so that's a bit of a, that'll certainly, it's, it's Twitter. He, he, he follows a bunch of Mina fans and he's active on Twitter. So you, you can really know a lot about everything when you're active on Twitter and just, he doesn't have to do that. He'd still be, you know, he could be successful without it, but it's what makes him so endearing. Mm. Any other Mina fan content you're listening to, you know, that lunatic Montante or the Justin show or anything notable in the, the world. I haven't listened to any of that crap. I haven't listened to any of the Justin show yet purely because I'm like the same thing I kind of said about Chris's show. I'm going to let him, you know, I'm sure the first 10 episodes will be good, but maybe I'll hop in around episode 30 or 40 where it's like a real thing. I did kind of the same thing with blind Mike project. I didn't hop in until a couple months in. I'll let him knock the rust off and get polished and find the direction of the show before I dive in. So uh, Montante's world. No, I'm out on Montante. I'm, going through something with him right now but um yeah what is it I, what happened with mike well he's obsessed with like that the fact that my dad is successful and so he's, he's always talking about it which i don't have a problem with i'm open about it. i'm not embarrassed about it but he's always like oh you know his like you know his whatever whatever so i hear him on his podcast with nadu and he's just talking about me and and nadu says well, it's like you've told me and like we found out, you know, like he's only able to be like that on Twitter because he's got nothing to worry about, like implying I'm just like a silver spoon rich kid who's just living in a fairy tale land and just like uh, bathing in money. And um, so I've run into people like that in my life who do that. And he he had the audacity to say on Daver's show that oh, I'm just projecting because I'm insecure about that and I'm projecting where, you know, I, I did some soul searching on it. And, you know, Mike was a close friend, but I don't want to be associated with someone who's just looking at me through this lens of just like, oh, you're just a spoiled bitch. You know, like life is easy for you. I don't hold animosity against him, but I'm just not interested in it. And so he says, I'm projecting. I do some soul searching on it. Look, his father abandoned him. It's sad, but it's true. And I know he grew up in Rumson, New Jersey, which is a really rich town. And I know he wasn't really rich. So I think he has some kind of obsession with me and my dad because his father was absent and he grew up in kind of an affluent area and felt like an outsider. But I'm the one projecting. 
Um, but I digress. I, you know, I really, it's not like a bit where it's like I go to war with people and I mess with them. That's fun to me. This one is just like, I wouldn't even have really chosen to talk about it if you didn't ask me about it. Um, cause it's just not fun to me and, uh, I, I wish him the best, but I'm just not interested. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, look, I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I get really upset when Minna fans start to bring in personal stuff when, you know, this should be fun. This should be people having a joke with each other. And if we haven't and get into beefs, it's, you know, let, the beefs are about a podcast we listen to or a fucking football game. They, sh- they should sort of stay on that level. And uh, I, I guess it is more about, you know, what that that's, you know, Montez obviously got a problem as a person, yeah. Because whenever he meet a rich person, he just sees them as, "Oh, you've got all this money." I mean, it's yeah, it's weird instinct. And it's um, it's not like something I try to hide from, but it's also like it, you know, it, it's funny. It gets over exaggerated. Like I'm a billionaire or something. Like my dad worked for a record company, not like a, not like an oil tycoon or anything. Like I grew up very good, but I'm not. It's not like oh, I don't never have to work a day in my life. Um. And if your but, dad's a good parent, he's he's instilled good values in you, and he's not fucking outside your bedroom handing yeah. you a hundred dollar notes every time you ask for them. No, I pay like I pay pay for everything in my life. You know, I have very mm. supportive family, and I have like a a parachute where it's like, oh, I'm never going to be homeless or something. Like I don't have to have that fear in my head where it's like, if I get fired, I'm never, you know, how am I going to pay for food? But, um, just like he has some kind of weird obsession with it, and it is what it is. Uh, I wish him no ill will, but I'm also just not like interested in trying to explain things like him to that. And it's not something I'm trying to hide from, but uh, he clearly just has some like even, for example, you, B.A., anybody I know in the Minifan world, I've done hundreds of shows with everybody and like no one ever really mentions it. It's not relevant to the conversation. Maybe I'm a not sensitive to it but it's just weird when he's so like persistent on it and bringing it up every time it's just like look if that's that if that's how you look at me i what am i gonna waste my time trying to like you know have a friendship with you it's just it's weird it is weird and it's your like it's your dad it's not your life like you are your own person you you know um your dad's his own person like i don't understand the obsession with it either i mean um, let's just to talk Let's just make fun of Jay and, you know, make fun of Red and talk about exactly. like, the show. You know, it's just not relevant. It's just weird thing that he's harped on. But he, it's his own thing. I have, you know, as a man of God, I have um, empathy for his own struggles. And I hope he can keep his own side of the street clean. And I hope he figures out, you know, what he's looking for. Yeah, I don't listen to his podcast much anymore. It's pretty unlistenable. He does a good manners impression. That's about the only thing. Um, he does do a good uh, manners impression. He does very good. Um, I haven't listened to many other. There's not much other Minifan content coming out at the moment, just this, and that's about it. So, um, yeah, that's all I've really got. So I've got a couple of things. Firstly, I've got a review, and I've got a suggestion for Kirk. So Kirk will not be listening 51 minutes into it, so maybe I'll have to clip this podcast. No, clip. he'll but listen. He, he listens I was, to everything. I was. Um, I spent a lot of time recently with a journalist that's covered about five masters, maybe more. And he said, you know, Kirk is desperate to play at the masters. And apparently if you are accredited golf media and you cover the masters, you go into a draw and on the Monday you can, they pull out a few winners from the media and on the Monday you can play Augusta. 
So I reckon Kirk should play the long game here and he needs to become a golf writer or columnist and he would be excellent at it and start going covering the Masters. I mean, what else does he do? He should tell fucking Riggs and all that to get him get in there with them and, and get it, start covering the Masters and maybe he'll get pulled out of the hat one day and get to um, play on a Monday. And I actually think actually Kirk would be a good golf rider. Like I think he'd enjoy that. What do you think? I like where your head's at. I don't know if it needs to be like a complete commitment to writing a column or something because literally nobody reads columns anymore, especially about golf. I mean, maybe super fans do, but yeah, I read mm. football columns, but not as much as I used to. I think he just needs to, like you said, Riggs and them, like uh, I know golf is one of the few sports that has a good relationship with Barstool and give them media credentials and stuff. He could get a credential and just, maybe be the uh, masters in the field correspondent for um for is it foreplay for, he could be like the yeah, yes, you know, play. historian he, he knows everything about it so yeah just stick him out there in the field and like uh he's the guy you cut to and you know you need a little update or something he'd be great at it but yeah of course he knows a lot about golf he likes it he should do something and this guy won he was pulled out so he won it and he got to play Mar- uh, augusta on the monday and he's not a great golfer, you know, probably, I think he said his handicaps around 20. So, you know, of course, that's going to be really challenging, but he said what the, they do is they, when they, if you're really not serious and you just want to have a bit of fun, they, they take you to all the spots in the course where famous people have hit shots and say, okay, so this is where, you know, Jack Nicholas was, um, you know, approaching. So yeah, Kirk could get a real kick out of that. So I hope it happens for him. I'm sure he's Um, done that. You don't think he's done that? No, but this is where you play. So they put the ball there and say, okay, you can hit this shot now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know about entering a raffle. A raffle is kind of for a sucker. You just got to know someone or, or, you know, grease some palms or something. That's how you get in there. It's the way the world mm. works. Well, apparently not. Apparently not at Augusta. Um, all right. Last thing, I got a new review on iTunes. This is from Poochie4242. Good stuff. Best Australian export since Tim Tams and Meat Pies. Menas brings the sexual ambiguity of Hugh Jackman and Red is all right too. Come to Boston in July for the live show. Also, great call ditching John from Scranton. Super nice kid, but you have to have some standards. VLS, KMS, long live TIG. Um, what is brings the sexual ambiguity of Hugh Jackman? Um. I know Hugh Jackman is an actor. Like I said, I'm not a movie guy, so I, I won't get the rest. Australian actor. Oh, he's yeah. he's reportedly gay. So um, ah, I don't know if I've go. come across as particularly gay on these shows, but um, look, uh, no. whatever. I will say I lived um, from 2015 to 2017. I lived above an Australian meat pie shop, like it was on the ground floor of my building, and I ate a shitload of meat pies, and they're delicious. They are really good with a bit of ketchup on top. The See, best. the lady had this weird thing where she wouldn't – I didn't. I don't like ketchup. So when I would get it, anyone who would go in there, I would see it while I'm eating in there. Anyone who'd ordered, she'd be like, oh, you got to put ketchup on that. And True. if you said no, she would kind of like really bully you into like being like, no, you have to. Like that's how you have to do it. I'm like – because I live there, I, I built the wall where I'm like, I don't like ketchup. I promise you I won't. <laughs> I won't like it with ketchup on it because I do not like ketchup. She was so aggressive. And I think that was her downfall because they did go out of business eventually. Sounds like it. Yeah. I know from my experience, uh, the customer's always right. Do you like um, barbecue sauce? 
Of course, barbecue sauce, hot um, sauce. I just, I'm just not a ketchup guy. It's very like, mm. uh, you know, not to sound bourgeoisie here, but it's very poor. Yeah, well, that's you and your your dad's money talking again. <laughs> Sorry, um, that's my my elitist self coming out. Uh, that's what you you could just say that you could just say yeah. that recklessly because you come from so yeah. much money. <laughs> um, all right. Well, look on that note, VD. Great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on Minna Fandom. Um, have a great week, and um, we'll catch up soon. Love it. See you soon. I mean, you know, it, the interview was fine. Menners, you can stop retweeting anybody who tells you it was a great interview. <laughs> should, we, should we do this for five years? It can be one of those guys, like, you know, who, who had, like, a, a book once. And you know what I'm talking about? They, they go sign copies of their book five years later. <laughs> so I thought about it, given the, the name of the place. And he has, uh, I think he said he has 14 waiters and waitresses on staff and uh, six cooks, 20 of them. And he said, you can all split up over the next three months two good eggs. That's your food. <laughs> now take your time and, and good luck with that. Maybe they'll take a break from what they usually do well, just and go- kind of interview you about, you know, your <laughs> career. And- <laughs> oh, God. We're on the verge of that pretty much every day. It's a, it's a tightrope I'm walking, and it's been, an in- it's been interesting. Like, I think every day there's a point during the show where he thinks, why the fuck is this guy here? Like, I should just fire him. Really? I thought, well, I thought you were well, an asset. You seem like an asset to the show, though. You seem like uh, a lot of people seem to like you. That's why he doesn't. Fi- a lot of people say, "Shane, you got to listen. You listen to a few more. Maybe you haven't listened recently. A lot of people really dislike me." What the fans don't like you? No, not at all. In fact, uh, I'm not. Uh, okay. I'm not even allowed. I'm not even allowed. The company doesn't like me. I'm not even allowed to mention them. No, no one likes I- me. Uh, yeah, poetry. I do. I you mean, it's a, you read like you read like E. E. Cummings. Yeah? It's a it's a way of breaking okay, outside of poet? the the okay, logic of prose. I like the Psalms from the Bible, Kirk. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Fuck you and your stupid Bible. Who's your favorite poet? Uh, David. I like Philip Roth. This guy's not correct. F- Philip Roth, the, the author. Mm-hmm. He, he he writes books. Yeah, but he also does some poetry. What's your favorite poem of his? Yeah, good. No, no, no. The, don't don't look at the computer. Don't look at the computer. No, I'm not saying I like. Sa- the... I sit and read poetry You're all the time. Fucking, it's like him with the pizza. So you don't like? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a liar. You're a fucking liar. 